Um, well, grateful to be back up in this pulpit with you all. It's been an amazing week um, for our church family and myself and some of our other leaders got to travel this week and attend a conference and I had a cool moment myself where was just around a bunch of leaders in our nation and what was sweet about it was I was able to represent you, I was able to represent what God is doing in Las Vegas. Um, I was sharing with somebody about um, how God called my wife and I to plant our church in the city of Las Vegas and it was actually our Uber driver and and uh, he said, man, you know what, that's kind of funny. That, when you said you're a pastor in Las Vegas, she said, I thought that you were about to tell a joke. <laughs> like that was the start of it and was able to just share about how God is working here. And you guys are uh, evidence of that. And so am I. So I just want to, uh, we clap at Walk Church. I hope that's okay. I, I want to just celebrate. I want to celebrate how he's doing that, how he's moving. And that, that leads me into our theme this morning. Uh, we kicked off this series titled, You Are Known, uh, two weeks ago, and we've been journeying through the life of a guy that we see here in the scriptures named Jacob. Jacob. Now, Jacob's story is complicated. Jacob uh, has a very strange testimony, and so does his brother Esau, and so does his mom, Rebecca, and so does his dad, Isaac, and we just see all types of different things happen in his life and in his family's life, and so I want to just encourage you with that reminder, because I think that we can all relate in some ways, can't we? Uh, if you, if you um, are the perfect person in this church, um, you, you just ruined it for all of us, right? Like, we, we, can't, we can't relate, um, but I want to encourage you that there's the only perfect, per, perfect person here is Jesus. And uh, so we find our perfection in him. And we see here in Jacob's story a similar thing happening as God is at work in this guy's life. And through all his struggle, through all his complications, through all his bizarre moments, God says, I know you. I know who you are. You can't escape me. You can't escape my presence. You can't escape my power. You can't out-sin, right? The, the, the grace of God, the love of God, he is right there, and he knows you, and he knows this guy's story. I want to go ahead and, and, and ask us now, invite you to jump into the chapter in the Bible, Genesis. It's the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 27. All right, Genesis chapter 27. Now, I'm going to do something that I normally wouldn't do uh, here at Walk Church. This is a special Sunday where I'm going to just go ahead and read to us an entire chapter in the Bible. Usually, I read one or two verses, all right? So we're going to get out of here around 3 o'clock p.m. today. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But I love that this church um, is a church that's after God's own heart. And God reveals his heart to us in his love letter, in his word. And so we're going to go ahead and read over 40 verses, all right? If you're ready, say ready. ready. Are you ready to jump in? I, I don't know. I, I, listen, you could hear a message from me today, and that would be all right. But if you got to hear it from God, that'd be the best, amen? If you could choose, choose a message from him, yeah. right? You want, you want the choice message, and that's from him. Let's go ahead and just hear him speak today through this chapter, and then I'll just pull some reflection points out of Genesis chapter 27. And we'll jump in. So if you, ha if you have a copy of God's Word, which I hope you do, if you don't, we have one for you for free. We'll get one to you. Um, but we're going to pull it up here on the screen. We're going to kick it off in Genesis chapter one, uh, 27, verses 1 through 4. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. let's eat. Let's eat. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son. And he answered, here I am. Verse 2, he said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. 
Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow. Go out to the field and hunt game for me. Verse 4. And prepare for me delicious food, such as I love. And bring it to me so that I may eat, so that my soul may bless you before I die. Let's go on to verse 5. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for the game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game. Prepare for me this delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Verse 9. Go to the flock. Bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. Verse 11. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man. I'm a smooth man. I like that verse right there. He's like, I'm too smooth for that, mom. I'm a smooth man. He's, a, he's, he's hairy, dad. dad. I can't trick dad. Verse 12. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him. Bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. What are you talking about? Verse 13. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. Verse 14, so he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Verse 15, then Rebekah took his best garments of Esau, her oldest son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of younger goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put delicious food and, and the bread, and she prepared and into the hand of her son Jacob. Verse 18, so he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. Verse 20. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son. To know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Verse 26, then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let the peoples serve you. Nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Verse 30, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father, and he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that that you may bless me. 
His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it before you came, and I blessed him. And yes, he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, now bless me, even me also, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully. He has taken away your blessing. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he's taken away my blessing. And then he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, behold, I have made him Lord over you. And all his brothers I have given to him for servants. And with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Just one. Bless me, even me. Oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from me, from the fatness of the earth, shall your dwelling be. And away from the dew of heaven on high, by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Verse 41. Are you still with me? If you're still with me, say, I'm there. Yeah. Now, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I'll kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau, he, he comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there, why should I be reft of you both in one day? Verse 46. Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? <laughs> Amen. Amen. How about a full, you just read a whole chapter in the Bible. Give yourself a hand. <laughs> right? Um. And a whole lot of mess in this chapter, isn't it? I don't know if you've been following along our journey up to this point, but uh, in week number one, we, we introduced ourselves to Jacob and Esau, to Isaac and Rebekah. And we learned that Jacob, by his name, we learned a lot about him by his name itself. His, his name, mean, Jacob, means heel grabber, means one who deceives, one who's always clutching at the heel, trying to get a head up, trying to get a, a, a one up. Trying to, trying to be the best, the, the, the one on top, to make everybody else feel lower than him. We see in Jacob's life, even last week, we saw him deceive his brother uh, for his birthright. As they were teenage boys, right? Uh, Jacob goes into the room and, 
And he's, he's cooking up stew, and he's cooking up this lentil soup, and Isaac, Esau's out in the field. He's working hard. He's a hunter. He's a skilled craftsman. He's a skilled hunter. He's a hairy man. He, his skin was red. I mean, that's just strange, right? I just, he's out there eating beef jerky. He's going to work, and then he comes in, and he, you know, he, he says, you know what? I, I'm so hungry to the point of death, and he, he allowed his exhausted emotion lead to an exaggerated response, right? And he, he says, I, I want some of that food. Give it to me, and Jacob deceives him by saying, only if you sell to me your birthright. The, the, the greatest treasure a person could have was the birthright. The birthright equaled blessing. The birthright was something that lasted a lifetime. The birthright was legacy. The birthright was history. The birthright was, was the reality that his grandfather was Abraham. And he was living out this calling. But it says that Esau despised his birthright. And he sold his birthright away literally for a bowl of lentil soup. And my point last week was, hey, don't trade what you could have for a lifetime for what you want in the moment. It'll never be worth it. Don't do it. It just ain't worth it. That was the title last week. Now I want to go ahead and lead us into this message this week. The title of my message this week would would simply be this, Deceivers Never Prosper. Deceivers Never Prosper. Maybe you've heard that before growing up. Hey, cheaters never prosper, right? Uh, as I was looking at this chapter, I realized that we're dealing with a mom who's a deceiver, a dad who's a deceiver, <laughs> one brother who's a deceiver, his twin brother's a deceiver, and we see at the end of this chapter, everybody's miserable. I, I don't see any prosperity coming out of the deception. Deceivers never prosper. So let's go ahead and I'm just going to give you a couple leadership lessons of reflection that we can look at this whole chapter. Let's pull out four of them and let's see if we can apply them to our own lives so that maybe we can save ourselves from some of the misery that God has revealed to us so we don't make the same choices that Jacob and Esau made here in the text. Amen. If you're with me, say amen. 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 Let me give you the first point today, all right? Be careful what you put on other people. Be careful what you put on other people. Is there any note takers in the room? You got, we got some note takers in the room? I hope you're taking some notes. I see a couple phones going up. Uh, hey, you know what? We just came out with these Walk Church journals. Would you want to take a note if I gave you one of these journals? If we got a couple hands up? You know what? Come on. Let me give a couple of these out real quick. Just mid, mid-message right now. It's happening. It's happening right now. Thank you. Check this out. If you show up in our merch table afterwards. Go, Miss Tammy. We got a merch table right here. You show up afterwards, we'll give you a free journal, all right? Because we missed a couple people. Um, but we want to bless you. Here, Joey, hook up this side of the room, too. This side's feeling like Esau. It needs some blessing. They're feeling shorted, shorted of the blessing. What about us? We need some blessing. So if you need that, I hope, hopefully you have a Walk Church pen around you. I would encourage you to take notes. I, I sometimes look back at journals that I had from 10 years ago, and I'm amazed at what God did in my life through that. Your grandchildren will know your faith by your journal. We, we know about Esau and Jacob's story because of this journal. Because Moses decided to write it down. And we get to learn from it this morning. So I would encourage you to take notes. You can use your phone. Uh, you can use a journal. I've already, I got this journal about two weeks ago. I'm already halfway through it. Just been, been filling up. God's been speaking to me. Write it down. There's just something special about writing it down. Amen? First point. Be careful what you put on other people.
people. Be careful what you put on other people. I want us to go ahead and look at verse 8 through 13, and we'll see this in the text. It says, now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I commanded you. Verse 9, go to the flock, bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare them delicious food for your father such as he loves. Verse 10, you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, my brother Esau's a hairy man. I'm a smooth man. That's not my identity, mom. Why are you trying to make me be somebody I'm not? Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. How far are you willing to go to deceive somebody? Uh, let me look back at that last verse that we just read. I mean, dang, Rebecca. Like, like Rebecca, what are you doing right now? And when I originally read this, Tony, when I first read this, I always pictured Jacob and Esau being like young boys, right? And Rebecca's like, come on in here. You're going to do this. Jacob and Esau are 75 years old right now. What are y'all doing even hanging out with mom and dad right now like that? You know, why is he talking to you like that? Like, <laughs> right? Like, Isaac's 135 years old. He's, he's blind nearly. He's like laying down. He's like, man, my days are short. I feel like I'm about to die. I better give this blessing off. Jacob and Esau are hanging around, like, and Rebecca's like, come here, come here, come here, Esau, guess what, I, uh, come, come here, Jacob, guess what I heard, your dad's going to bless your older brother, like, you know, like, he is the firstborn, and it's going to happen, and, but here, I want, I want to put something on you, I want to put expectations on you, I want to put identity on you that's not even your own, I want to put clothes on you that's not even yours. I want to put skin on you that's not even yours. And my, my challenge to us this morning with this first point is be careful what you put on other people. Right? I, I, want, to, I want to speak that to parents first. Be, be careful what you put on your kids. I want to talk to the friends in the room. Be careful what you put on your peers. Husbands, be careful what you put on your wives. Wives, be careful what you put on your husbands. Teachers, be care careful what you put on your students. Coaches, be careful what you put on your, your players. See, influence is powerful. And we can either be an influencer in a good way or an influencer in a negative way. This moment right here would change history forever. This is a big moment in the Bible right now. I'm glad we read the whole chapter because it's that significant See we, see, we see this mom, Rebecca, put on her son something that's not even his. We'll look at it in verse 15 through 17. Look at it with me in, in Genesis chapter 27. It says, Then Rebecca took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house. Like Esau, you should have taken your clothes out of the house by now. But they're there, the best garments, and, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. So now Jacob is dressed like Esau. The skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. She put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. And she goes as far to say this. She says, you know what? I'd, I, want, I would be up for being cursed. Like she even, be careful what you say. <laughs> right? As we look at that last verse, it, it closes by her saying this. She goes, hey, Jacob's like, hey, I'm not up for this, mom. Like, dad's going to find out. I'm like wearing Esau's clothes right now. This feels weird. You want me to like put goat skin on my neck? <laughs> what? And, and here's what she says. 
She says, hey, if you do this, I, I, I would be up for, for being cursed. Let, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and bring them to me. Be careful the expectations that you put on other people that, that aren't from God or the identity you put on other people, right? And we see this all throughout the story of Jacob, right? It says that, it says that Isaac loved Esau because Esau could hunt and bring in game. He, he, Isaac put his expectations on his son to be a provider. He put his expectations on Esau to please himself. And, then, and at the same time, we see Rebecca, she, she's putting on her selfish ways on her son, Jacob, and saying, hey, I want you to hang with me. Do everything I say. I want, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. But I want her to put that God can't bless who you pretend to be. Right? He can only bless who you are. Right? And we see this in this, this, this title. You are known. God doesn't know you as somebody else. Amen? God, God knows you as how he created you. You'll hear me say this all the time, that you're a one of one. There's nobody like you. We have an example here in the scripture with Jacob and Esau. They were born literally seconds apart. Yet they're still different, aren't they? Right? They're, they're not the exact same. God has made you and fashioned you uniquely in his image and likeness. Don't put on something that's not them. Especially on your children, especially on your parents, especially on your friends. That's my first point that I wanted to learn, a leadership lesson that I wanted to learn is I can't put on somebody that's not them. I want to call people to Christ. I want to call people to their original created purpose, which is in Christ. But I don't want to put on somebody that's not who they really are. Let me give you the second point that we see here in the text today. That's be careful not to live a lie. Be careful not to live a lie. We see lying happening, happening all in this chapter. Right? And I want to show it to you that not once, not, not twice, not three times, but, but we see Jacob here as a liar. Let me show it to you in these verses. We'll kick it off in verse 18. Right? Genesis 27, revisiting verse 18. So he went to his father and said, my father, he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Now, this is an opportunity for Jacob to say, I'm Jacob. It's me. I'm Esau. Your firstborn is what he says. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat my game that your soul may bless me. 20, but Isaac said to his son, second time, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. This is dangerous right here, church. Amen? Because sometimes you'll start lying. And then you'll get so wrapped up in your lies that you'll start blaming God for your lies. This is dangerous, Jacob. Right? Your dad calls you out in your lie. How are you? At? Son, I gave you the calling like an hour ago. No one makes food that fast. So you're telling me you went out into the field. You went hunting. You caught something. You brought it back. You cooked it up. It's smelling good. It's, 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 it's all good. But you did all that in this short amount of time? How'd that happen? Now, this would be a chance for Jacob to say, all right, Dad, you got me. I'm lying. Let me save myself out of this situation. There's probably going to be consequences, but it's better, than, it's better than going forward in your lie and making it even deeper. Instead, what he says is this, right? He says, man, the Lord granted me success. Don't, don't blame God for your lies. And we see that happen sometimes. We get so wrapped up in our lives, we start putting God into it. You know, it's like, hey, like, 
you know, you probably shouldn't move in with that person. But I know God blessed me with the opportunity. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't, right? You probably shouldn't do that. I know, but God gave it to me. What? Whoa. Probably shouldn't drink that. I know, but God opened the door for me to, you know, get in the car and drive all the way there. And <laughs> he gave me an ID, a fake one. And <laughs> God blessed me with all that. Come on, right? And, and my, my point for you here, right here is don't live a lie. Because you, 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 will, you, you can't lie and get, get away with it in the presence of God. Amen? You'll, it'll always get found out. We see this here in Jacob's story. So the first time his dad says, who are you? He says, I'm Esau. That's lie number one. The second time, how would you catch all this game? Uh, well, the Lord granted me success, of course, dad. <laughs> lie number two. He continues, but Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. I got to really test this. Here's how I'll test it. Let me see if you got some hair on your body. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, this is so strange, church, right? Don't you love the detail of the Bible? Like we actually get to hear what, what, what Isaac thought. He says, you know, the voice is Jacob's voice. Weird. But the hands are the hands of Esau because he's got hair on him. Verse 23, he did not recognize his voice because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's. So he blessed him. Verse 24, he said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate. He brought him wine and he drank. Uh, what I want to show you here out of this text, and this is a leadership principle for everybody in the room. It's a biblical principle in the room. And, and here, here I'm, I want to make it bold for you. When God shows up and he provides for you an escape, choose the escape. Can I just, can I just encourage you with that? Sometimes God wants to rescue us from our own lies. Like God in his grace, Peter, right, shows up in our lives and he's like, all right, I'm going to provide for you an escape. I, I love you so much that I'm not going to let you go down this road. I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to ask you again. I want to give you another chance. Choose, choose the escape. Let me show it to you in the Bible here out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I want you to read it off the screen with me. Can we read it? Ready? One, two, three. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Let me stop really quick right there. Because some of us think that our temptation is exclusive, right? Like, man, I'm, I'm like super tempted. Nobody knows my struggle. Nobody knows what type of stuff I've lived in. And Paul's like, actually, it's pretty common. Don't elevate your sin like you're somebody special. It's not that important. Like, like you're, you're common to everybody. We're all fellow strugglers here, right? We're all fellow beggars looking for bread. The bread is found in Christ, and we're pointing people to the bread. No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. Everybody say that. God is faithful. Come on, read it with me. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Amen? But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God will provide the way of escape. That's not just a cool reminder. That's an awesome promise that when we're in our temptation, when we're in our struggle, when we're in our situation where we just lied and then we blamed our lie on God, when he provides you one more method of escape take it when you're in sin and God just shows up in a random way and you're like dang 
This is my moment. I better click off that. Or I better stop saying that. Or sometimes we're about to say something stupid. And then the Holy Spirit will be like, don't say that. <laughs> you guys ever heard that don't say that in your head? In your heart? <laughs> you just say, the whole, you're, like, you're like, oh yeah, let me contribute to this. And then the Holy Spirit's like, don't say that. <laughs> choose that escape. Choose, choose that escape. Let me, let, here's why. Rebecca, Rebecca, for the rest of her life, will hate the fact that she said, go ahead and put that curse on me. The curse for your lying in front of your dad, I'll take it. I bet you Rebecca would wake up the rest of her life and say, dang it, why did I say that? <laughs> I should have chose the escape. Look, God will pro provide escape all the way around. Rebecca's escape came from her son. Rebecca's like, hey, you know what, Jacob, I want you to go deceive your dad, lie like your brother, I'm putting all this on you. And then Jacob says, hold up, that's not mine, mom. That's an escape. <laughs> At that point, Rebecca say, I know, what am I thinking? Give me that back. Go back, go, go play, you 75-year-old. What are you doing here? Go, you need, you need to go, go find a wife, and you need to, like, grow up. That's a word for somebody. Grow up, <laughs> right? Choose the escape. Grow up. Instead, Rebecca, she doesn't choose the escape. Instead, she adds and piles on to, she puts on sin on her son. You, can, you could be the reason why you cause somebody else to sin. Jacob's minding his own business here. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Luke, he says, woe to the person who causes one of these little ones to sin. You might as well jump on into the ocean with a, with a uh, cinder block around your neck. That's how important it is that Jesus says, don't cause other people to sin. Instead, choose the escape. Preach it to the person next to you. Say, choose the escape, 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 choose the escape. It's not worth it. I wish, I wish that Jacob, I mean, three times, did y'all see it, right? Like Esau, Jacob's three times in a row, like, are you sure you're my older son? Yes, dad. Are you sure I'm giving you an escape? Yes, it's me, dad. Let me feel your hands. You can like rip that off if you need to. Look, can you just imagine this? Like, can you just see, doesn't Jacob just look foolish? He's got goat skin on his hands. He's like standing there with his food. He's wearing Esau's clothes. He's an older guy. I just, I, I'm trying to picture this in my head, Joey. Like, I literally, this happened. This is not just a fantasy story. This is not a tall tale. This is history that it would be wise of us to learn from. Right, because we'll do it. We'll go ahead and lie and then compound our lie and then we'll blame it on God and then God will provide an escape and I, I just pray in that moment you'll have to deal with the consequences but choose the escape. Let me give you the third point. I'll also keep talking about this one. The third point is simply this. The decisions you make today will affect the opportunities you have tomorrow. The decisions that you make today. See, sometimes we think, you know, ah, it'll be all good tomorrow. But it's actually the decisions you make today that affect the opportunities you have tomorrow. Each step along the journey is a game changer in your destiny. And we see that here today. I want us to look at it in verse 30 through 36. Let's look at it together. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau's brother came in from his hunting. 
right? So do, do you see him, right? Like Jacob's like, oh, snap, I got the blessing. Let me get out of here. Like, he sneaks on out. Hey, I, hey Esau, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and Esau's like, why you look like that? <laughs> Where'd you get my old clothes, man? I'm going in to get the blessing, right? This is all bad. Esau's brother came in from hunting, verse 31. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. Verse 32. His father Isaac said to him, who are you? I, I, I hope that the, the, the capital F father doesn't say, who are you? Right? Like, what are you? Who, who's this? Who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Now he wants to claim firstborn. But decades ago, he sold it for soup. Like, don't try to claim it later if you already gave it away. Your decisions you make today will affect your opportunities decades from now. Come on, somebody. His father said, Isaac said, who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. You know me. The one that you just told me you're going to bless me. Then Isaac trembled very violently. I don't know what that all means, but maybe you can just picture your stomach dropping, now, remember, Isaac, he's an old man. He's 135 years old. He's in his bed. He can't even really see. And all of a sudden, he trembled violently. And we see it here, right? It says, who was it then that hunted the game and, and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came. And I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. Great and bitter cry. Man, that's intense, isn't it? He said to his father, no, no, bless me. Even me. Oh, my father, bless me. But he said, your brother came deceitfully. He has taken away your blessing. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? He's a deceiver. He got me again. Stole my birthright. Actually, you sold your birthright, don't bl right? People have a selfish mind, right? They, they see it only from one, one view. That's not the actual narrative. He didn't necessarily steal your birthright alone. You did give it to him. Uh, let's keep reading. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me as well? Uh, his dad would go on to say, the blessing has already been given. The birthright was already sold and therefore you will not receive the blessing that I had for you because of the deception because of the lies because of the lack of integrity because of all these different things and God in his sovereignty God in his providence God in his foreknowledge even knew all this right if you if you look back at Genesis chapter 25 where we first meet these two babies Right, Rebecca had, was barren. She had been praying for a baby. <laughs> she got this. <laughs> Moms, get ready. Right? Rebecca said, come on, Lord, bless me with babies. God blessed her with twins. And here was the message that God gave Rebecca. You're going to have two nations in your womb. You're going to have two babies. And, and the older will serve the younger. So actually what's happening is, is a prophetic word lived out. This was all going to happen. God knew it. But... The, the way that it happened is just remarkable and very, very sad at the same time. Uh, I want to remind you that if you deceive, you'll be deceived. If you sow seeds of deception, that's what you'll get back. If you sow lies, 
people will lie back to you. If you sow lust, you'll get lust back. If you sow pride, I'm going to give you pride right now. You'll get pride back. If you plant an apple tr- seed, you'll get an apple tree, right? Is this common sense or is this real, right? And, and, and for, for all his life, Esau was, it says that Esau despised his birthright as a teenager. Not only that, right? When he got older, his parents gave him this, this, this legacy to, to hold. And here was part of the legacy that God had given even, given even Noah back in the day and Abraham. And that was this. Don't marry people outside of your faith. That's a biblical principle that we see in this journey. And so right here, Abraham says, all right, I'm going to give birth. Or, or Abraham and Sarah. Abraham didn't give birth, but Sarah gave birth. <laughs> Abraham and Sarah had a baby, um, right? And they named him Isaac. And they said, Isaac, make sure when you take a wife, you take a wife that has the same faith. Don't settle for anything else. God won't bless it. it, it it'll be crazy. It, it, it will be, don't do it, right? And so they say, all right, well, listen, Isaac waits all this time. He finally finds Rebecca, and he sends for her, and they get married, and there's this beautiful union, and we've got Isaac and Rebecca, and then they, they have these two boys, Jacob and Esau, and, and Isaac gives them the same calling. And yet, at the same time, what happens? It says that Esau grew up, and he married Hittite women. And the Hittite women drove his mom crazy. In fact, she says, I hate my life because of the Hittite women. And so what we see here is that the decisions you make today affect the opportunities you have tomorrow. Let me give you the last point before we use up all of our time here. It's simply this. Uh, Deceiving leads to grieving. Deceiving leads to grieving. I'll close with this. Deceiving leads to grieving. Uh, let's go ahead and look at verse 41 through 45. 41 through 45, and we'll, we'll jump in here. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. I will kill my brother Jacob. Wow, that's hostility, amen? But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. Rebecca always finds out she's got that mom's intuition. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I bereft of you both in one day? Here's my last point that I want to uh, highlight for you guys. That deceiving leads to grieving. What good is it? Can I ask y'all something? Let me see everybody's eyes real quick. Let me ask y'all a question. What good is it to get the blessing all to have to leave and run for your life? Amen? What good is it to go through all that trouble, Rebecca? Put all this stuff on your son. He never even asked to do it. What good is it to do all that all so that, that when he does it, you have to send him away. Let me tell you something. One of the saddest parts of this story is that Rebecca would never see Jacob again. That, that the thing that she thought for the blessing was really her curse. That she was saying, hey, Jacob, I want you to get the blessing. So let's deceive your dad, all knowing she was herself being deceived. That in doing so, Esau would get so angry, 
this skillful hunter, right? This dude was a beast with the bow and arrow. You wouldn't want him following you, all right? Says, all right, that's fine. You can steal my blessing, Jacob. I'll just kill you tomorrow. And so she's like, okay, I got word. Your brother, who's much stronger than you, you see you a smooth man. He's a hunter man. He's a skillful man. He's going to kill you. So therefore, I got to ship you away. I got to send you away. Jacob would be gone for 40 years on the run, hiding, hurting, deceiving, leads to grieving. Deceiving leads to grieving. I mean, I think that there's just so much sadness in this story, you guys. I really do. Like, it's, it's sad for Isaac because he really loved Esau. He wanted to bless Esau, but God didn't have it in his will for that to happen, so he ended up blessing Jacob. But Esau didn't listen to the Lord's command in that area. Right? It, it, it's really sad for Jacob because he had to go on the run, and he would never see his mom again. He would run from his life and have to have hostility toward his brother for the rest of his life until something cool happens. You got to come back in a couple weeks for that. <laughs> come on, somebody. It, it, it's really sad for Rebecca, isn't it? Rebecca loses one son. Esau says, forget y'all. I ain't coming back here to this family. My own mom deceived me. Parents, be careful. Esau says, I don't trust you. I don't trust you, dad. You didn't even have a blessing for me. I'm out. I'll go marry all the Hittite women and make all y'all miserable. That's exactly what he did. And he goes, the minute I see Jacob, I'm going to kill him. That's Esau's legacy. <laughs> Jacob's on the run. Esau's out. He's angry. Isaac can barely even see. And Rebekah is just crying. Deceiving leads to grieving. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 27 says... Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. Did y'all catch that? You start digging this pit, God will make sure he, he, you're the one that falls into it. Who, whoever uh, rolls a stone will come back on you. The stone will come back on him when it starts rolling. I think the principle is this. If you're in a situation today, choose the escape. If you're already living in a lie... If you're already struggling with sin in specific areas, use this as a reminder that the decisions you make today will, will affect what you do tomorrow. It's really true. I close with this reminder. As we talk about curses, as we talk about putting on, as we talk about deception, I just want to bring our attention, I want us to fast forward our attention hundreds and thousands of years later when we meet a guy by the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus himself would one day step onto earth and say, there's deceivers out here. There's liars out here. And I've come to make them new. That, that, that our story, that this isn't, that, that Genesis 27 is not the end. Amen? There's more to the story. There's, there's so much more to the story. And the story continues because the reality is that the blessing was supposed to come through Abraham. The blessing was supposed to follow through Isaac. The blessing was supposed to go through Esau and it ended up going through Jacob. The blessing was supposed to, to go through them if they would have figured it out, but clearly they didn't. The blessing ultimately flowed up to Jesus. And Jesus, when Satan brought him to the mountain, and Satan said, I want to deceive you. I want to deceive you. Jesus said, you can't deceive me. I'm, I'm, I'm indeceivable. 
and, and Jesus spoke back the word of God to Satan. Satan said, why don't you jump off this cliff? And Jesus said, don't test God, right? Satan said, why don't you eat this food? And, and Jesus says, I live off the word of God, not off this food. And Satan said, well, well why don't you do this? And, and Jesus just kept, until the devil just fleed. He just left. He said, I can't get this guy, right? And so Jesus passed the test of deception that we fail, right? And Jesus would live the perfect life that you and I could never live. Right? He, he would live the life that we all are called to live but can't live because we're all flawed and failures. But Jesus says, I've come to make you great. I've come to right your wrongs. I've come to live the life you couldn't live and not to stop there. I've come to die for your death. See, the, the grieving that we all deserve, the grieving that we deserve, if it's not for Jesus, we'll end up like Esau. Esau, right? The saddest person in this entire story, and then we're going to close. The saddest person in this entire story is Esau. Here's why. Because Esau, for 75 years of his life, thought, you know what? I don't need my parents' faith. I don't need my birthright, all that stuff. I don't, I don't need to marry somebody in my faith. I'll live my own life. I got enough strength. I'm a skillful hunter. I'm a cool dude. I got, he married two women. He had, he had kids. He was living that whole thing all to come to the end of it, this moment, right, where he's weeping and saying, what about my blessing? Some people, some people, this is a prophetic word, some people are going to live their whole life thinking that they got it figured out. I'm successful. I got everything I need ultimately to get to heaven and say, where's my blessing? There's no blessing for you anymore. You didn't choose the escape. You didn't choose Jesus when he chose you. You didn't receive him and turn from your sin and follow him. That's the calling on all of our lives is to, to recognize, all right, I look in the mirror and the reality is I see a whole lot of Esau. I need to see a whole lot of Jesus. I see a whole lot of deception. I see a whole lot of sin. I see a whole lot of Jacob. I see a whole lot of Rebecca. I see a whole lot of Isaac. And here's what, the, here's what I need to put off all that. I need to put on. If you want to put on anything, put on Christ. Put on the righteousness of Christ. I love the song we just sang, Cornerstone. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. And so my encouragement to you is wherever you're at in your life today, maybe God brought you here into this house for this one moment. Maybe you've been traveling, you found, you saw a sign, you stepped in, and you said, you know what, I'm going to check this church out. And God spoke to you today and he said, I can't bless Esau when he's dressed like Jacob. I, I only can bless you when you receive Jesus. The only blessing is found in Christ, in his robes. You want, you want the robe of salvation, the robe of Christ. And so Jesus would die, Jesus would rise, and then Jesus would say, you can put your faith in me, you can receive me, and you can become new. That's what it, that's what it looks like. We just need to be new, don't we? And we can be new in Christ. Closing thought. I saw this on my son's juice box last night. Come on, somebody. I was sitting there with EPAF. Let me pull this picture up of his juice box. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. And you'll only find yourself when you find Christ. The creator stamped you. You'll only be able to find yourself when you find the one who made you. Maybe you're out here like an orphan. You're looking for your parents. And, and the father created you. And he's on display today. And you can go to him. You can go to him. Let's go to him now. Father.